For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This pod is brought to you by Brand MN, a Minnesota company making awesome shirts and more for Minnesotans. Odds are, if you're listening to this podcast, which you are, they've got something you'll love. Personally, I like the Howl at the Moon hoodie and crew neck. Very simple. It's black and white with a little bit of green. It's awesome. Definitely go check it out on their website. They also have stuff for other teams, not just the Timberwolves. So, go to BrandMN.com and use the code AWAW for 15% off your order. Your closet will thank you. So welcome to the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast. I am your host, as always, Brendan Hedke. You can find me on Twitter at B underscore Hedke NBA, and you can find the show on Twitter at A-W-A-W underscore podcast. The show is also a part of the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast network, and you can find the A Wolf Among Wolves blog at A-W-A-W blog. So now today I'm joined with Lucas Seehofer. Lucas, you want to introduce yourself? Let everybody know where they can find you and your work at. Yeah, so uh, like Brendan said, um, my name is Lucas Seoffer. I am uh, the managing editor for A Wolf Among Wolves. Um, you can also find my work at uh, Forbes.com, um, Twins Daily, uh, sometimes uh, uh, with The Step Back, which is uh, part of the fan-sided network. Um, mostly write about uh, NBA basketball and kind of their affiliated networks, but then also uh, player health and performance. Yep, and no longer sport kinematics on Twitter anymore, is it? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I, I, I made it easier to spell. I'm now at Seehofer uh, underscore, so at S-E-E-H-A-F-E-R underscore. Cool, cool. So that's awesome. Yeah, so today Lucas and I are going to be talking some about the NBA's return to play and what that means for the Wolves. Pretty much, obviously the Wolves aren't going to be playing, but we'll get into that a little bit. And then after that, we're going to talk about T-Wolves Gaming, which... Lucas has been following very, very closely, and he's been writing a lot of good stuff, so if you haven't checked that out, make sure to do that. But basically, the Timberwolves were not invited to Orlando. 22 teams were, and uh, the Timberwolves were one of the eight teams that were not, basically saying they had no chance of making the playoffs, which every Wolves fan already knew. But um, what do you think that really means for the Wolves as a whole? Like, Obviously, it would have been nice to see Cat and D'Lo play more than one game together this season, but there's got to be some good coming out of it too. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think uh, up this morning on a wolfamongwolves.com, Logan Alton, one of our one of our writers, kind of um, wrote a piece that uh, lays out the opinion that the Wolves not being invited to Orlando um, is ultimately for the best. Um, you know, I think. Uh, as far as you know, what good can come from this from the Timberwolves? I think one of the major areas that the team is now going to have an advantage over uh, some of the other teams uh, in the in the NBA is that they're now going to have more time to prepare for free agency, to prepare for the draft, um, particularly since it seems like that time period, once the season officially ends, is going to be extremely short. Yeah. Um, I know with the with the initial report from from Shams and Woj, uh, it was like 
uh, from the end of the NBA Finals to the beginning of free agency to the beginning of the next season, it was like 23 days or something like that, which is just an insanely short amount of time. Now, I know, I, I believe it was Shams came out with a, with a follow-up report that basically said the players' union is basically saying that that, that timeline, that 23-day timeline is way too quick. Yeah. So uh, that's not set in stone. But I think given that this offseason is going to be just utter chaos the more time you can have to prepare for it the better and the wolves are going to be you know one of the teams with with the most time to prepare yeah and i think that that having that time to prepare is something that's going to be very good especially considering we had a number of injuries over the season cat has been injured so not having him feel forced to have to play in uh orlando or anything especially after the passing of his mom and everything like that you know, getting him right, getting his mind right, his body right, I think is important. I don't know what the time... They never really had a true timetable for his wrist injury. And I'm assuming he probably could be ready for Orlando because that's a long time. People were hoping he might come back towards the end of the season anyways. But yeah, I think just making sure he's healthy and not rushing anything because we saw Kevin Durant come back from injury early and that was devastating injury to him and everything like that. So he's not going to participate in Orlando even if he wanted to, he's not. He doesn't feel like his health is worth that risk. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's important. But there, there definitely are things that the Wolves are losing out on too. Like we only saw Candelo playing together for one game, and that's supposed to be our franchise duo, the cornerstones. And we don't really know what we have there. Uh, they played a good, decent game against Toronto, but we lost that game, and that's all we have to hang our hat on with those two. So, I think it would would have been good to see a little bit more but I agree with Logan I looked over his piece a little bit before recording because it came out like I don't know like 20 minutes ago maybe less than that Mm -hmm. so yeah I think he's got he makes some good points in there but his main point is the long break gives us time to rest get fully healthy and you know a lot about injuries so like do you think Mm -hmm. that do you think that's important for our team or do you think we're kind of past the injury stuff now no, I think, you know, any time that you're playing at a professional level for months and months at a time, you know, even if you don't have a major injury like Cat had that keeps you out weeks at a time, you know, the, just the overall grind of the schedule, you're going to, nobody ends a season at 100%. Um, so the longer that you can have to recover after the season um, to prepare for the next season, uh, whether that's rest uh, or, you know, the, the term they use in the industry is active rest, which is not completely go sit on your couch and play video games, but more like toning things down to maybe 50% of, of your overall intensity uh, and then gradually building yourself back up. Um, I think it is important uh now, I, if you were to talk to a professional athlete or, you know, even a collegiate athlete, uh, they would say that there is such thing as too much rest. And mm-hmm. I think I would tend to agree with that. Um, but as long as the Wolves and their, their coaching staff have a plan as far as, you know, ramping up the intensity of the workouts, hopefully, you know, as the, the summer progresses and um, all that, you know, as the fall approaches, the, the COVID-19 will kind of die down a little bit mm-hmm. uh hopefully that the, the second wave isn't as bad as as it as it could be mm-hmm. um you know there's just so many variables up in the air that it's, it's really tough to determine um you know whether or not this extended break is going to be you know i think it'll be good for the player health um Will it be good for player performance it's just yeah who knows until until they're back on the court i think there'll be a lot of people trying to knock the rust off and there's been rumors of exhibition games before the eight games get going or just the eight games before the playoffs just to knock the rest off but i think it's gonna or the rust off i think it's gonna be important for a lot of those teams to you know ensure that they get like a mini training camp before they do that and really use that to their advantage but i think mm-hmm. the basketball is gonna be a little bit rusty especially the start but i think for some teams that are going to orlando it probably benefited them, but then some teams it didn't. Like the Jazz, they lost Bojan Bogdanovic to injury. He got, I think, he had surgery, so he won't be playing at all. But then, like LeBron, LeBron's old. I mean, he's thirty-four years old, and I mean, he's still one of the best athletes in the world. But his body is gonna start getting worse as he's getting older. And now he had some time to 
you know, tone it down a little bit. I'm sure he's doing workouts. You can't be the best athlete in the world and not be doing workouts like that. So I think him being regenerized might um, help out the Lakers. And so it's, I think it's a balance for some teams. Some teams are going to lose some. Some teams are going to um, gain a little bit from this. But I thought it was interesting. Dane Moore pointed this out. But the break between when the NBA shut down and when the season will resume as planned so or at, at the moment is going to be longer than an entire offseason. So the Wolves have that. Then they have the seven weeks or however long it's going to take to play all the games. And mm. then they have that, whatever that length of an offseason can be after that. So the, we won't have Wolves basketball for like eight or nine months or something insane like that. So the Wolves have a very long extended break, which I hope they use it to scout players, look into like who's available in the trade market and everything like that. But I think that's one advantage not going, but everything kind of circles back to Cat and D'Lo not playing together and seeing what mm-hmm. we really have there. But um, anything else you can think of, like even league-wide, like what this all means? I mean, obviously it's great to have basketball back, and we hope that everybody's going to be safe and they that the NBA has protocol for, you know, I think it's said like if a player gets uh, the COVID-19, they test positive, then they're going to have to self-isolate for at least seven days. And um, mm-hmm. they're doing daily testing, not the invasive testing, but like the, I don't know if it's like a throat one or the tip of your nose or something. But um, is there anything you can think of what this return to play just means overall, maybe it, for basketball-wise or just for like fans, like what it means for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, the main reason that the NBA – is wanting to get um, games starting again. I mean, they can really they can say whatever they want, but at the end of the day, it comes down to financials. Mm-hmm. If if they hadn't, uh, you know, decided to return to play, they were at risk of losing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars. Um, so that was their main uh, main uh, motivating factor to get on the court, um, particularly since you know if the league loses a ton of money that. Um, drastically impacts um, the salary cap, which then, you know, if let's say the salary cap is way diminished and you only have 23 days to sign free agents and, you know, that could just cause utter chaos. So by playing the games, they recoup some of the money that they had, you know, we're going to inevitably lose. Um, Hopefully that'll even out the salary cap a little bit. Also, um, you know, with how the the revenue sharing is split amongst amongst players and owners, the players really had an incentive to get back on the court as well to make as much money mm-hmm. uh, as they could. Um, as far as the overall product, you know, I, I agree with what you were saying before. It's it's probably going to be pretty shaky to start. Um, you know, and I think that's also why they decided uh, to to play the, finish out the eight games before the playoffs so that the playoffs could be as high quality as possible. Um, you know, the playoffs are how a lot of sports leagues make a lot of their money, um, particularly through uh, television, uh, ad sales, that kind of stuff. You know, without having fans, that's going to be a major loss of mm-hmm. of some money. But who knows? Maybe they're getting some money from Disney to host all the right. all the games, and that'll help offset some of those losses. But, um, you know, I wouldn't expect high-quality basketball, at least to start, um, I also would expect a lot of conversation around the eventual champion having an asterisk by the yeah. name. I just, I don't necessarily buy that, buy that argument. And I saw your tweet about that and it, I agree. I mean, every team, the only thing that's been different for some teams is like practice facilities lately. Some have been open, some haven't, but I mean, other than that, there's, everybody's going through the same thing. So maybe it has an asterisk next to it considering it wasn't a full season, but it shouldn't be like mm-hmm. this team had it easier because they, you know, I mean, everybody this year is going through the same thing. And any right. team in true title contention is going to have their chance to win. Like the Wolves, yeah, they're not going to have a chance to win. We're not going to be mad that, oh, we didn't get invited to Orlando. We could have won the championship. Like nobody thinks that the Wolves could do that. Any team that has a realistic chance is there. So I think that the asterisk thing I... I really hope people don't see it that way because whoever 
gets this deserves it. They fought through the same thing as everybody else. Right. And no one, I mean, no one remembers that, you know, the last time the league had a shortened season uh, due to the lockout, no one labels the champion. No one labels the Warriors with an, with an asterisk that year. Yeah. Um, you know, they just remember them as that was kind of the beginning of their, of their title run. So, you know, if the Bucks were to win this year, if the Lakers were to win this year, maybe it would be a conversation for a couple months. If the but Lakers won it, there would be an asterisk because it's LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, exactly. And because it's the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, if anybody if anybody else wins the title, there'll probably be talk for maybe up to a year and then mm-hmm. three, four, five years down their line, no one will remember. It'll just remember it as that was the year that COVID took over. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so yeah, something else that um, Logan pointed out in his article. So if you guys are listening to this and you haven't read that yet, go check that out on wolfamongwolves.com. But he said, um, and I'll quote him. Something else to consider is that having a small sample size for most of their pending free agents could be a blessing or a curse. Small sample size could scare some suitors away from offering guys like Malik Beasley a salary that would be more appropriate for a player averaging 20 points per game with elite shooting percentages. Because Malik was shooting uh, 42% from the field and 40 or 47% from the field and 42.6% from three. But then for the Wolves, having only 14 games to base the decision on of how much to offer the guard versus 22 games provides a barrier that makes it a lot harder. So basically he's saying obviously more time to see Malik Beasley will get a more true representation of how he plays. And we've talked about this before, but now we know for certain that those 14 games are all we're going to see from Malik. And making that decision of how much we pay him is going to be tougher but like he said, it might scare some of those other teams away that maybe think it's just a fluke and maybe like Ryan and Gers know that it's not a fluke and this is who he is. So I think um, it's a little bit weird. And he's not the only one. We also have Wancho and then we have some guys with non-guaranteed deals as well. Like we talked about Jared Vanderbilt and who else has a non-guaranteed? Does Jacob Evans maybe? Uh, I think Jacob Evans might be guaranteed because yeah, he was a he was a first round pick, technically. And then um, Jordan McLaughlin also has not been. He doesn't even have a full NBA contract, so that do you want to bring him back? It would be nice to see him finish out his forty five days with the Wolves. I doubt he could have went the entire rest of the season. So did mm-hmm. the Wolves have signed him to a contract when, um, you know, when his forty days or forty five days ran out, or what would have happened there? So. I think contracts is a big thing that people aren't really thinking about when they think about how this affects um, the Wolves mm-hmm. and other teams around the uh, league, I guess, too. Jalen Noel and Nas Reed were the other two that had uh, non-guaranteed or partially yeah. guaranteed and, deals. And I will... There is a 0% chance Nas Reed is not... They don't match him because he is worth a lot more than... Even mm-hmm. he has his flaws, but he's one of the youngest players in the league and he's already... Uh, He's a decent player. I think he's a solid... He should be a solid rotational player next year, but um, yeah. yeah, there's no chance they don't bring him back. Noel, yeah. I think they might... They'll probably bring him back, too, just based on he's cheap, he has some potential, and never really got a true shot. So I think he could be brought back, too. So Yeah, I think... Uh, I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, when Nas Reed signed his deal, it was essentially uh, a one-year deal within three partially or non-guaranteed years after that Mm -hmm. so when it was reported it was reported as a four-year deal um but he showed enough to at least you know convince the wolves that there's some potential there yeah um his non-guarantees are for like less than two million dollars uh so for how cheap he is for the production that he gave for his overall skill set he'll be back for sure he'll they'll, they'll guarantee that that second year um Noel, I think he didn't show a whole lot, and the um, what he did show uh, was not necessarily promising. But we know what he did at, at Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what he did in the G League. I think was more representative uh, in terms of shooting splits uh, the, that the Wolves expect. Um, I think with the off season being the way that it is, and the Wolves you know, financial flexibility or, or lack thereof being, uh, what it is. I, I think that they'll, they'll bring him back as well, uh, for that, for that second year. Yeah. And yeah, and just having those cheap contracts with players with potential, it's not like you're 
throwing a minimum minimum deal at somebody that's 34 years old and you're just having them ride the bench. These players have potential and could potentially be a trade asset if you don't want them to. So I think, yeah, I think that'll be that'll turn out to work out pretty well. But I think that he makes a good point. Those free agents are a big thing, and just knowing exactly what they can bring is something that we do lose out on from this. But his overall point of his article, <coughs> excuse me, his article is that the season ending is probably for the best. And I think that I will probably lean in that direction and agree with him there. Do you think that it's overall for the best, or do you think it would be better to get some more games? No, I think I think overall it's the best. Just, you know, thinking about just world situations mm-hmm. as well, uh, what they are at the moment, I think it's... Uh, um, for the best for the Wolves not to be in action for player health, you know, the things that they can do in the community at the moment. Um, I think, you know, there are things that are way more important than basketball um, and that, you know, the NBA will always return. Um, you know, it'll be back for the 2020-2021 season. Um, so I think, you know, finding out how, you know, Malik Beasley plays over the next eight games you know, yes, that would be a 22-game sample size, which would be 50% more than what we currently have of him. Um, but also at the same time, those games were so far apart from each other. I don't know how much right. you know quality information they'd really provide. Yeah. You know, the Wolves brought him in knowing that they were going to re-sign him in restricted free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, probably knowing that they were just going to offer him something above the qualifying offer Mm -hmm. um, and try and get a deal done without having to truly go to restricted free agency. So um, I don't necessarily think they're wanting or needing um, another eight games from him. Um, You know, Wancho's maybe a different story, but I I think they're going to bring him back as well. I mean, realistically, you look at it, and we were just talking about how these players are going to be knocking the rust off. And... If the Wolves did go to Orlando, they had these eight games. There's no way we're making the playoffs. So we have these eight games. Mm-hmm. They don't look too good. Now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, maybe Wancho's not even worth $5 million. Don't throw him that. Mm-hmm. He goes somewhere else, falls out on a $7 million contract, and you're like, shoot, I, we probably should have done that. So I think you run that risk of them you know, looking rusty, mm-hmm. not playing well, and then all of a sudden you, you don't think as highly of them because you know recency bias kicks in. We don't remember February and March. Now we remember, what, July and August or August and September or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't really think it's worth that. So um, the other thing, too, is um, they talk about, like, D'Lo and Cat playing, but we don't – there's no saying that either of those two would have suited up to play when we – if they went to Orlando. So, right. yeah, I think it's probably for the best. And they don't they don't make that trade if they don't envision those two being the foundation yeah. for the next you know right. five plus years exactly. So. But we do have something good to feel about because uh, D'Angelo Russell. I don't know if you saw the quote, but he's basically talking about Cat um, and how he thinks it's going to be playing with Cat in the future and what Cat's talking about. So he said, and I'll quote: um, "I feel sorry for dudes that he's going to be matched up against." He's coming with a complete different killer attitude about him. His approach is completely different. I recognize it with just being around him. I live with the dude. I moved to Minnesota. I've been living with him for three months. So D'Lo says he sees something in Cat where Cat's got this killer instinct coming at him for next season. He's ready to like go. So it should be exciting. And I we're gonna have to wait till next season starts, whenever that is. Probably what is it around Christmas time? They're thinking now. Well, yeah, I, I know the the original report was December 1st, but I think, you know, even going back to when this all started, um, and even before that, I know a lot of people within the league um, had always wanted the season to start on, on or around Christmas. That way they didn't have to compete with football to begin the season. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was, you know, later than that December 1st date. And are we thinking that the... I mean, nobody knows the answer for sure, but are we thinking we're going to get 82 games next season and it's just going to be um, off track and then we're going to have to deal with that over... Because I see it like three ways. One, we do like a lockout season, so we have two shortened seasons in a row, basically, and we play like 60 games next season or whatever it is. 
or I mm-hmm. see it where the NBA completely shifts their season to start after, you know, basically towards the end of the football season, the NFL season, and then kind of go through the summer longer, basically how we did, but without this break in here. Or I see where, like, we slowly build our way back to starting at the end of October, like we've been, you know, maybe it's mm-hmm. December and then next season it's November and then we finally get into October in a couple of years. So those are the three things I could see happening. Obviously I have no idea what's really going to happen, but do you think we'll get a full 82 game season next year pending that COVID doesn't break out again and we don't have to shut down again? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, knowing that the league has always kind of wanted to start their season later, I could definitely see them saying, all right, let's start on December 15th Mm -hmm. um and then let's play a full 82 full playoffs and that'll take us through july august something like that Uh, and let's just see how that goes um or i could also see them saying hey let's play 65 games play the playoffs and when we normally do and then let's revisit this for the next you know uh union negotiations um I think that it'll all depend on how much money the league ultimately loses this season. Yeah, I was just going to um, say that too. Yeah, if they if they find out that they lost, if they lose a ton of money, uh, then I can see them saying, "All right, we're just going to start at Christmas and we're going to go till August, and that's just the way that our schedule is going to be moving forward because yeah. we have to we have to make that they money." They got to recoup some of that money that they lost over mm-hmm. this break, and they're obviously not having as many games even with the return to play and everything. So. I think that that would pr- they've lost a lot of money. There's no denying that they've lost advertisement. They've probably lost money for TV deals because the TV deals aren't the TV stations or companies. They're not gonna f- just wave that away. They want their money, and uh, they lost yes advertisement, player salaries. I mean everything. They've lost a lot of revenue, so they're gonna want to make that mm-hmm. back. So I assume in some way or some form we're gonna have probably a full season next year but they maybe maybe not maybe they think about other things and whatever but i think that we'll probably probably play 82 games next season hopefully the wolves mm-hmm. can play more than that we'll go to the playoffs maybe <laughs> right win something but yeah all right so i think that's all we had for um the return to play and everything like that but now we want to talk about t wolves gaming a little bit and like i mentioned earlier lucas has been following that very closely and uh, basically, Lucas, I want you to first just tell people what it is. Like, what is T-Wolves Gaming? Like, people might see stuff, and they might not read it, and they're, they they have no idea what it is. So why don't you mm-hmm. want to fill them in on what that really is? Yeah, so uh, the NBA, uh, kind of like how they have the G League, uh, the WNBA, that kind of stuff. They also have an affiliate uh, video game league uh, where... Uh, they play NBA 2K, the latest version of NBA 2K. Um, the way it works is that they use a, a special build of the game. So instead of having one person play as five people and play as actual NBA teams, uh, the way it works is that each person kind of builds their own character and then five people control the, the whole team. So each individual player is controlled by an individual person. Um, there's 23 teams in the league, uh, 22 are affiliated with NBA teams, and then there's also a team from China. Um, so the way the season has been playing this year is a little different than how it has in years past. So this is the, the, the third year uh, that the league has been in existence. Um, and for the first six weeks of the season, they're playing remote play. So uh, each individual team is at their individual market. So like uh, T-Wolves Gaming, uh, the the uh, franchise affiliated with the Timberwolves, uh, they play at Mayo Clinic Square. Okay. Um, had COVID not happened, uh, basically every single team would uh, practice at their facilities, but then they'd fly to New York and they'd play uh, in a, a stadium of sorts that, that fits like 200 spectators. Um, and then they would play essentially across from each other. So are they... Uh... So you said practice, and I, I already know the answer to this, but people listening might not. Like, what kind of practice are they doing? Yeah, so... And how often do they uh, practice? 
Yeah, so that that's kind of the crazy thing. So uh, over the course of the season, I've been able to to interview, sit down with uh, a couple coaches, a couple players, um, talk to them about the uh, about T Wolves gaming season. So the way that practice works for the T Wolves is that they practice about six hours a day, uh, which is which is pretty intense. So sounds uh, like heaven to the twelve year old <laughs> players that are out there. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, the uh, the T Wolves gaming head coach uh, Justin Butler, uh, he basically outlined it to me as they, they'll show up around noon, they'll maybe watch a, an hour or two of film, then they'll have two scrimmages a, ga- a day against teams that they will not play throughout the season. So mm-hmm. they'll do a two-hour scrimmage against one team, they'll take a, a lunch break, they'll do a two-hour scrimmage against another team, and then they'll do more film uh, session at the end of the day. Um, so each, each team has essentially a head coach and assistant coach and then six players, um, five that start, and then one that, that sits on the bench. Now, unlike traditional basketball where you can sub in players or if a player falls, fouls out, you can bring in a player off the bench, that's not the way this happens with the, with the 2K League. So once you set your lineup for the game, that's the five players that play for the entire time. There's, there's no fouling out, uh, there's no subbing, uh, nothing like that. Okay, yeah, so I think people kind of will think like well why do they need to practice you know it's a video game all this stuff like mm-hmm. but they're running offenses like an NBA team you have for those of you that might just play 2k how it is you play by yourself and then the other four people on the court automatically go somewhere but in the 2k mm-hmm. league you have five people everybody's controlling where one player goes so it's not they don't just automatically be there and then rotate when you pass the ball to someone else. You don't control the other player. You rely on everybody to move like you do on a basketball court. So they, I'm guessing they run sets, they run plays, and they have things drawn up to where, you know, X player, like Bear to Beast has to be here. And then someone else has mm-hmm. to be in the corner. So I think that people don't really, might not think about that when they think about why they have to practice and everything like that. But I there's something else too, like they everybody's the same caliber of player in the game, right? And then it comes down mm-hmm. truly to ability with the controller in your hands, not how good a player you can build, right? Yep, yep. So uh, essentially uh, this this league build that they have, it's a, it's a special build for, uh, for computer, basically. So um, you have players that play Xbox, you have players that play PlayStation, they're all playing with the same build. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, the company uh, that is a sponsor, of, uh, the name escapes me off the top of my head, but they, they make custom controllers. So the players that normally play on Xbox, they get what is essentially an Xbox controller. The players that normally play PlayStation, they get a PlayStation controller, uh, but they're all playing the same, essentially the same game. So each individual player is set to 92 overall, okay. which makes it so that Everybody has essentially the same uh, base stats, if you will. Yeah. Um, but Attributes they're not. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not. They're not maxed out to the point where it would just you know everybody's scoring. It's impossible to turn the ball over. That yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so the way that it's been described to me is that essentially this this league build is set at a similar level to like if you were playing by yourself on your own two K. Uh, version um, and you set the game to all-star level okay. so it, it's set at the at the highest level and you're playing against you know 160 of the best players in the world and to go what you go back to what you said about each team kind of has its own offense uh, so like let's take the wolves for example they have a they traditionally run either a five out or like a four out uh, offense with uh, the center basically uh, roaming the paint, setting uh, setting screens, pick and rolls, that kind of stuff. Um, and each individual uh, position can also have a different um, kind of archetype or sub category, if you will, that'll help boots boost certain attributes. So each individual uh, position, I think it has like uh, eight different archetypes that they could run. So it really provides, even though everybody has the same base attributes, it, it really does allow for a large amount of uh, uh, of customizability. Right, and you're and not you'll, you'll, you're not sitting oh, with like um, 
basically, like, people that have played 2K, they know, like, you build this My Career player, and, you know, you can get their three-point shots or whatever, and there may be, like, a slashing playmaker, or they're a scorer. There's, like, different, like you said, archetype builds, but it's not like everybody in the 2K league has an 80 overall three-point shot, 85 overall mm-hmm. mid-range. Like, they're, they basically can customize it, but everybody stays at the same overall. And for those of you that don't really aren't familiar like what kind of caliber player is like a 92 overall in 2k um so like carl anthony towns is like an 89 or a 90 so it's more like a joel Embiid caliber type player and that's what everybody's playing with you know so it's like mm-hmm. i there's not i don't know cats like an 89 or a 90 then you have like ben simmons who's like an 88 or an 89 so you're playing with very high quality players yep yep and uh for like uh for like the point guard, uh, Damian Lillard, I believe, is like a 90. 92 or 93. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so yeah, you're basically playing a bunch of against a bunch of dames and a bunch of uh, Embiid's mm-hmm. uh, every single game. And then if you look at specific teams, something that's really kind of s- stuck out to me as I was watch as I've been watching the league in general is that there there's basically two types of, of teams. There's the teams where the point guard is the offense and everyone is just kind of filler and then there's the teams where everybody kind of gets a share of the ball typically the point guard still ends up scoring the most points but it's not like the point guard is scoring 40 and everybody else is scoring single digits um and then the teams where the where the point guard is the entire offense they like to typically play a little bit slower um, whereas the teams where everybody gets a touch of the ball, they like to play really fast. Yeah. So uh, if you look at the top three teams in the standings, it's uh, uh, the team from Toronto. They're called Toronto Uprising. Yeah. Uh, Golden State uh, Warriors Gaming, uh, they're number two, and then T-Wolves Gaming are number three in the league in terms of record. And all of them have uh, play in a way where they play fast, they try to get on fast breaks, they shoot a lot of threes, particularly from the corner, everybody touches the ball. So the teams that are most successful in the NBA 2K League, it it mirrors very closely to the teams that are most successful in the actual NBA. Lots of threes, sharing the ball, getting out in transition, forcing turnovers. So it's, it's... while a lot of times, you know, people say like, well, why would I watch other people play video games? It's, it really does kind of provide an adequate substitute to traditional basketball, especially in this time when traditional basketball just isn't around. Right. So, um, obviously, they're not playing... I assume the quarters aren't... They're not playing full NBA games, right? How long are the... No. No, each game lasts about... Uh, an hour. Okay. So the way that they're they're doing this in remote play is they're they're playing a best of three series. Okay. Uh, so the first to win two individual games gets a win mm-hmm. uh, on the season, basically. Uh, so yeah, each individual game lasts about an hour. Each quarter is about six minutes okay. long, with a five minute long halftime. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, what? Obviously, stats are affected some as a video game. So like, what would be mm-hmm. you know a good stat line in the league? You know, if if Cat drops like. 25 or cats averages are like 24 12 and 3 or 4 or whatever they are Mm -hmm. what what would be like a good stat line for a like especially the teams like bear to beast is the best player on t-wolves gaming correct Mm -hmm. what what's a good stat the typical stat line for him yeah, so I'm I'm just pulling up their their season stats now. So, uh, so Bear to Beast, he is the point guard. Um, like you said, he's he's their overall their best player. He was the the Finals MVP last year when the when T Wolves Gaming won the won the title. Uh, so far this year, he's averaging twenty nine point nine points, six point eight assists. Uh, he's shooting fifty four fifty five percent from three uh, and about fifty seven percent from the field so that's good for an effective field goal percentage of of sixty two point five percent now you look at a let's say and I would say that's it's not the best point guard line uh, in the in the league but it, it's up there for sure okay. um, then feast is the is t wolves gaming center uh, he's averaging eleven points. 14.3 rebounds, 4.1 assists, um, 2.4 blocks. Uh, so a lot of the times, the, these more successful teams, their point guards lead the team in scoring. Um, but oftentimes, the centers are kind of the uh, the the quiet, really good players on the team. So 
Feast is averaging a double-double with a high amount of assists. He's second on the team in assists, first on the team in blocks, second on the team in steals. Um, so that's that's kind of how these teams build is they say, all right, we got to have a really good point guard who can score, and then we got to have a center who can basically do everything, and then we just fill out the roster from there. Okay, so the stats seem to be pretty much like generally doable in the NBA outside of the shooting stats seem a, a bit boosted, but... Yep. That because I saw you mention some. This was a number of weeks ago, but basically you were saying the equivalent to like a, I don't remember the number, but you were basically saying like fifty percent shooting from three sounds great, but in two K league, like mm-hmm. not like I mean I don't know if it's average or above or below, but it's not like astronomically high. Like if somebody shooting fifty percent yeah. from three on a lot of attempts, like he's not just shooting one a game and he's making, you know whatever he's shooting a lot of them so if you saw cat shooting 50 percent from three that would be insane if he's taking eight of them a game right but now yeah so like so much. right so like for example uh t-wolves gaming their their small forward uh, is a guy named big saint and their power forward is a guy named detoxies uh they're currently shooting 39.4 and 39.3 percent respectively from three um that is kind of on the lower, probably the bottom third in terms of players around the league who play in those positions uh, in terms of three-point shooting. Um, but that's they're a both very known. respectable number if you're in the NBA. If you're shooting 39.4% from three, that's right. a good number. But yeah, so right. that's the biggest difference I've seen in the stats type of yep. things. Yep. The the, the shooting stats, the, the percentages are super duper high. Um, but yeah, it, as far as like... Uh, overall scoring per game um i would say most teams most games finish uh in like maybe the the 70s or the 60s okay um occasionally you'll see uh teams pop up into the 80s um i think the highest anyone scored this year was like 103 points and the lowest was like 40 so (laughs) so there's a, a wider range in terms of overall score but in general it's probably 60 to 70 points a game Okay, so and we talked. You mentioned this, but the Timberwolves or T Wolves Gaming did win uh, championship last mm-hmm. year's two K league, and Bear to Beast was the MVP or whatever. I think it's MVP. But um, mm-hmm. do you think that the team is up there this year too? I think you think they have a shot of doing that repeating. Yeah, you know, I, I, NBA two K league is a lot like uh, Major League Baseball in that in any individual game any team can beat any other team um but when you you know take it out to a series um usually the best teams win overall i think right now there's two teams well really one team that is above and beyond all the others and that's toronto uprising um they've outscored their opponents by over 200 points on the season uh yeah so they're they're to me they're the the clear favorite to win it all this year. But I think um, the Wolves are definitely in that second tier. Um, they could definitely, you know, if they won the championship again this uh, this year, it wouldn't really come as a surprise to anyone. Yeah, and it makes sense that any team can really beat any team because when you look at a team full of five guys that are 92 overall, it's even. You know, if somebody's just not feeling mm-hmm. it when they're playing or something... It can, I mean, it can probably be devastating for them. But so I want to put into perspective how popular the 2K League has um, gotten since last season. You wrote a piece on this. I don't know when this came out, but basically um, the 2K League has seen a 102% increase um, on viewership on Twitch. And Twitch is, a, for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, Twitch is a platform to stream video games, based, mostly video games. And a lot of people use it instead of, like, YouTube to do that. So 102% essentially is over doubling their viewership. So mm-hmm. how many people actually, like, will tune in for, like, a T-Wolves gaming game, yep. like a set of three games this season? Yeah, so it's uh, it's a little unique this season in that they started showing some games on ESPN2 uh, and then also through the ESPN app. And then in up in Canada, I think it's called Sportsnet. Uh, they, they're streaming up there as well. Um, so essentially, if you look at that, that report at, uh, that came out last week, um, 
the 102% increase, that's only in Twitch viewership. Okay. So they'll average about nine, nine and a half um, concurrent Twitch viewers at a, you know, at nine any given moment. Nine and a half thousand, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. nine and a half thousand. Um, so that means at this time last year, it was basically four and a half thousand per game. Um, now that doesn't include YouTube, which whenever I check the the stats at any you know given moment during a game there's probably 700 to 800 at times up to a thousand um and there's no way to know the numbers of of uh espn or uh the espn app but if i were to guess you know the number is definitely above 10,000 yeah. uh at any given moment are, are watching um watching the nba 2k league yeah because i think you mentioned also they you can watch some of it on like facebook and twitter too or is that just for follow like followers in general that's yeah so just like with the nba social uh they'll okay. put clips uh they do that as well they'll just put clips up on their on their social media pages uh, but you can also after let's say you totally miss the stream uh both twitch and youtube uh will archive the videos so you can watch the entire stream uh afterwards right uh, so usually if you, if you look at how many views those videos have, uh, it, it's again, it's another five to 10,000. So, uh, we're talking, you know, a, a basketball stadium worth of people are watching yeah. a, the NBA 2K league at a, at any given time. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's, Im- that's impressive because a lot of people probably have never heard of it, especially older fans that. You know, they didn't really grow up playing video games, or at least not the video games we know and everything. So it's impressive that they've put together this league and they have all these affiliate teams because there are, you know, you said 22 affiliated with NBA teams and then that one from Shanghai that um, also plays. But, yeah, it's an impressive league overall, I think. And I just wanted to get you on to talk about it because um, some people maybe don't read a lot, but they like to listen, you know, get in the car and they'll listen to a podcast or something. So it's good. Maybe now they can check it out and maybe they find that they'll really like it or maybe they don't. I mean, it's not for everybody, but um, me, obviously I do like, I'm a younger guy and I like playing video games and I run a YouTube channel where I play video games. But um, I think it's, it's definitely cool and it definitely has filled some of that void for uh, basketball that everybody's so desperately been, you know, looking for. But um, do you have anything else majorly? Otherwise, I do have one more uh, thing for you to do on the 2K League. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's kind of the, the 2K League in a nutshell. Okay, so um, my big my thing that I wanted to ask you is we have Bear to Beast, who was one of the, he's one of the best players in the 2K League, it seems. But if you could mimic his play style to any player in the league. Obviously, he's a point guard, but does he play like any player? Is he like a Damian Lillard type of point guard? You said he's scoring mm-hmm. almost 30 points per game, but do you see, like, what does he, rec- like, kind of mimic in your in your view? Yeah. So, to me, when I'm watching him, I, I always thought, yeah, this is a Damian Lillard. Um, he is a really good outside shooter. Uh, he is really good at getting into the lane. Um, it's very difficult for opposing teams to stop him from getting his buckets but if you look mm-hmm. at the stat lines after the games he always has seven eight nine ten assists to go with all of his points so it's not like he's just looking to score uh he's looking to get his teammates involved as well um so you know he i i, I did ask him once kind of who he emulates his games off of uh he <laughs> refrained refrained to say a specific player but basically he says you know he watches the traditional nba um he watches uh you know he's a 2k junkie obviously so he says he'll he'll pick and pick things from from certain nba players from certain nba 2k players uh and and try you know practice with the with them out you know certain moves or certain dribble moves certain uh you know shot fakes whatnot kind of see uh how they work in real time for him. Uh, but I would say if you're looking for one specific player to, to kind of get a, a picture of how he plays, it definitely would, would be Dame. Yeah, and it seems to make sense with this stat line. I mean, he's scoring, but he's not just scoring. He has, mm-hmm. you know, he's passing the ball and everything too, and he has a good average for assists. So, okay, that that's kind of what I figured yeah. you would go to, mm-hmm. and I kind of brought that up myself. But, I yeah. 
Yeah. No, yeah, and if, if there, there's there been many times where, let's say, the Wolves are down five with just a couple minutes left in the game. Like, when he wants to take over, he will take over, and there's nothing opposing teams can stop uh, mm-hmm. can do to stop him, kind of like with, with uh, Dame as well. So Cool. It's yeah. A, yeah. It's cool to have the Wolves be atop something like that, too, where it's, I mean, it's not, to a lot of people, it's not a big deal, but to these people participating, it, I mean, it's, their job right they're they're not Mm -hmm. working any other job they're getting paid to do this so definitely cool make sure um everybody listening to go check out everything that lucas has written on the 2k league you will be a lot smarter about it i promise um he breaks it down he has a lot of quotes and everything he's been doing a lot of great work there and make sure to check out the next wolves gaming game when is the next t wolves gaming yeah so they just play like once a week or so it, it kind of varies. Sometimes they'll play once a week. Sometimes they'll play twice a week. Uh, like last week, they didn't play at all. Okay. Uh, but they are next in action tomorrow uh, at 8 p.m. Central against Grizz Gaming. And then they also play on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central against Pacers Gaming. Okay. And then this is the last week of online play uh, or remote play. Um, last I checked... Uh, there wasn't any uh, teams hadn't been provided information yet uh, as far as uh, will remote play continue. Um, but last I checked, that was that was a couple weeks ago. So okay. um, be a, be sure to pay attention to wolfamonglolves.com uh, or my Twitter feed, and I'll, I'll be able to I'll pass along the information as long or as soon as I get it. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, thanks, Lucas, for joining us, and thanks for making all of us smarter on the 2K League and. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.